Over the years, I've often said that this program is built on the bricks of books. We love books. We even love books about books. And uh, many of my favourite programs have concerned, of being concerned with old libraries. I remember, for example, a fantastic book collection put together by Christopher Columbus's son. So when this lovely book that I'm holding up to the microphone arrived, it seemed a great idea to have a chat to its author. The book is called Papyrus, The Invention of Books in the Ancient World. And yes, it's a love letter, not only to books, but to the people who've collected them, protected them, created them, since the first story was transformed from, well, words in the air to a concrete form. The scribes, the inventors, the translators, the booksellers, the librarians, the storytellers, and, of course, the readers. Now, the author of the book and our guide through this fascinating history is Irene Bejejo. Irene is uh, the author of several novels and kids' books and joins us on the line from Madrid. It's a great honour to have you on our Little Wireless program. Oh, I'm so happy and grateful. Thank you for inviting me. I understand you wrote the book as a refuge from the stress of having a very ill young son. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, I was facing a very painful situation. Um, my my uh, son was born with very, very um, serious health condition. He had breathing problems and we had to face a long hospitalization. And during the course of these years, um, this book was my refuge, my safe haven. And, and I found happiness and joy in writing it, in doing research in being in contact was with the uh, happiness and enthusiasm that books have always kindled in me. Well, I feel great happiness and joy reading the results. So uh, let's go back in time to the era that challenged what had been an oral tradition for telling stories to when they started being written down. There were no doubt people who didn't like this new idea of uh, fixing stories on paper. Yeah, yeah. I think when we talk about books and storytelling, we are really um, um, thinking about ourselves and every change and revolution in format, in way of writing and, and telling stories has a huge impact in our lives. So, yeah, I was there to ask you and our listeners to travel with our imagination back in time to a world before writing and books or else societies needed to preserve their laws and legends, their beliefs, their, I don't know, technical knowledge, their identity. And if they didn't achieve it, uh, every generation would have to begin painstakingly all over and over again. Therefore, they trained themselves to have prodigious memories and they were true athletes of recollection. And the ancient bard 
performing epics and legends, were able to recite by heart a repertoire of, um, I don't know, poems containing several thousands of verses. And yeah, but there was a limit in the amount of knowledge that one can recall and transmit to someone else. And that's why I claim in Papyrus that writing uh, and books are a great victory in the battle against destruction and oblivion. Now, you date the first alphabet to around 1000 BC with with the Phoenician script that uh, would later develop into Aramaic. Yeah, yeah. Well, writing was invented um, in an earlier period. The first writing signs uh, emerged in, in Sumeria. And then um, you have like chain on inventions and discoveries um, with the um, goal of making books and writing and reading available for um, uh, an increasing number of people. Uh, that's the reason why uh, I say that the history of books and writing is also uh, conveys also the history of democratization of the um, of knowledge and wisdom, and that's the reason why papyrus is an homage to uh, all the people who is nowadays um, still uh, carrying on this legacy and um, um, in, in schools, in rural libraries, in bookstores, they're trying to save and um, devoting their love and labor to books and to culture and the humanities. So I think they are the true heroes of this story. <laughs> Let's uh, begin with the significance of Homer, Homer's plays as some of the earliest stories written down. I'm astonished that you question whether Homer was, in fact, the name of the poet. Yeah, Homer is like the tip of an iceberg. He is a mystery. And when we write his name along with those of great authors of world literature, we are mixing two worlds of gray of, of that can't be compared. Because you know, Homer's epic came from a period when it makes little sense to speak of authorship, because in the oral tradition, uh, poems were recited in public. And, you know, um, poetry was socialized. It belonged to everyone. Each poet could freely use the myths and songs that belonged to the tradition and update them. And, you know, illiterate poets created hundreds of poems that have been lost forever. And the Iliad and the Odyssey that we now read uh, as if were as if they were novels, they could occupy a liminal space between orality and the new world. And who was Homer? We'll never know. Every scholar imagine their own Homer, an illiterate poet, the 
person responsible for the definitive version of the Iliad and the Odyssey, a poet who gave them their finishing touches, a copyist who signed the text with his name, or maybe an editor. It's, it's a, as I previously said, a mystery. And it never ceases to fascinate me that an author so essential to our culture should be no more than a ghost. Irene, you point out that the first person to actually put their name to a work was a woman. Tell us about the Shakespeare of Sumeria. Yeah, um, really, this was one of the greatest um, discoveries, the most astonishing fact that I found when doing research, that the, the world first author known by name was the Cadian poet Enheduanna, and she was a woman. She was the daughter of the King Sargon the Great, and she was high priestess of the most important temple in summer. Her compositions were lost and then rediscovered in modern times. And her influence during her lifetime was as impressive as her literary legacy. Because, you know, Enheduanna, uh, we could say that she changed the entire culture and yeah, she 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 um, uh, inspired the prayers and psalms of the Bible, and we we can hear echoes of this Enheduanna uh, in in the early Christian Church. So she was really influential, and I mean it's it's impressive the fact that the first author on record in the history of literature is a woman. And I feel that for today's female creators, rescuing, rescuing our genealogies is very important. And we need to symbolically visit the graves of our foremothers and keep them alive and create continuity so as to prevent that uh, today's women writers uh, could f fall into tomorrow's oblivion. Now, the oral tradition, of course, is fundamental to indigenous cultures. It's terribly important to the ancient cultures of our First Nations people. But it continued in the ancient world as well, didn't it? Because uh, by the 4th century BC, orality and the written word were still being used and continued so. And you point out that while Jesus preferred the spoken word, his followers used the written word to spread the message. Yeah, well, um, orality was so important in the ancient world. And, you know, they, they love storytelling, traditional storytelling. And for a long, long period of time, this was the first way to communicate and books and writing um, play a secondary role. And, you know, um, even when um, books um, began to spread, people read aloud for oneself and for others. 
and it's it's amazing uh, the fact that you know even in the library of Alexandria you could feel a lot of murmurs hushed murmurs because um, when a book was read um, they were witnesses and the reader was a performer and and it has this um, social dimension and public readings were common and well-loved stories were passed on by word of mouth. So yeah, uh, you, I think orality um, is still live alive and it is right now when we are speaking uh, in the radio and also with audiobooks or podcasts because the power of the spoken word is enormous is huge and 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 we feel um emotional and thrilled about the spoken word i note that you take pleasure in bob dylan getting the nobel prize for literature because that returns the story that was sung and makes it complete yeah yeah really i think that um the the novel award um, given to him is like a tribute to um, all those um, traveling poets who were uh, singing their stories um, in front of an audience with stringed instruments. And yeah, they were the beginning of our history of um, poetry, reading, poetry storytelling and yeah I think um, they decided to um, recognize to pay tribute to all this tradition uh, which is still alive and still gather people to feel this vibrance and the resonance of of um, uh, sing songs and poems and 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 the magic of oral society. What about the idea that the book will one day be extinct? I'm sure you don't agree with that, and nor, in fact, do I. Yeah, when I um, started writing this book, Papyrus, um, the truth was we, we were besieged by these prophecies of the end of the book. And I wanted to convey um, a different message, a message of hope, because, you know, uh, the book is um, uh, has proven to be a, um, a great survivor. And there are not so many um, objects in our world today that come from the ancient world. And we have like the chair, the spoon, the um, scissors and, and the book, you know? And, and I think we need to pay respect to these objects uh, also like the wheel. And of course, technologies come and go. And so much that seemed permanent in the digital age has proved to be, well, it's proved to evaporate. Consider, for example, the VHS tape, whereas the book is pretty much forever, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, the book uh, has been 
also the, the inspiration for um, many um, technological, technological gadgets that we have today. And I like to underline that um, the traditional book and the um, screens and the new technologies uh, can coexist. There is no competition uh, I'm for the coexistence of uh, both realities because, you know, I think books are still important today and we have um, different rich opportunities to read in different contexts and do it in the most convenient way. And, and I think we should feel um, fortunate that we have all these possibilities and um, old books, traditional books, um, are still close to our hearts because we love the corporality of books. We, love, we like the thickness and, and the design and, and, and we like to handle the, the books and the noises and you know and something how you know you something can touch it. I even like the smell of books, but that's a, yeah. <laughs> another topic. <laughs> well, you've proved the value of the book by writing your book. And for anyone with an interest in the history and power of books and reading, we highly recommend Papyrus, The Invention of Books in the Ancient World, published in Australia by Hachette. And the delightful author, Irene Bayao, has been my guest. Thank you. It's been a privilege. Thank you for your hospitality and you're welcome. <laughs> Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.